What is up, everyone? This is Alex Lieberman, co-founder and CEO of Morning Brew, coming to you with another episode of the Founders Journal, and not just any Founders Journal, this is Founders Journal Live, our second one ever. Today, we talk about one of the 10 books that I've probably ever read in my life and what I learned from that book. And we take audience questions uh, specifically to talk about the hardest pitch that myself and my co-founder, Austin, have had to make over the course of this business. Hope you enjoyed the episode and we'll catch you at the end. Uh, all right. I know earlier we were talking about reading. You've been reading a book for the past couple of days, Nir Eyal's. Uh, you finished it. What'd you think? How'd it go? We, we don't usually talk about when you finish books, but but for some reason this popped up a couple times. Yeah, I don't think we've ever talked about uh, me reading a book and candidly, that's because I never read books. I, uh, I have a love-hate relationship with specifically reading books and this is my current view. I find that I retain information from internet articles, from tweets, from shorter form content more than books. Um, but I did read Nir Eyal's uh, book, Indistractable. Nir is a friend. I was on LinkedIn Live with him a few weeks ago. Um, but this book had particular meaning for me and impact on my professional career. And so that's why I decided to read it. But that book's been out for a little bit. Why did you decide to pick it up just now? The reason that I read Indistractable, um, well, there's two reasons. One is you know, we're we're talking about partnering with Near on an educational course, and it would be a course around productivity and time management. But specifically for me, I have had a love-hate relationship with this idea of productivity probably since freshman year of college. I think part of that is I just have this preconceived notion of what productivity means. And in my mind, it, it means uninterrupted working for hours on end, uh, not checking your phone, not going to do something else, not stepping away from your computer. And so that's where I think I'm partially irrational because I think there are very few people that actually can step into their work, do it for five hours straight, and then step away from it. Okay. So you had those notions of productivity, you read the book. After reading the book, how would you define in a sentence productivity for Alex Lieberman, not for every human being on earth? Yeah, for sure. So um, I define productivity as having clarity about what you are going to do. So you you say what you're going to do and you say what you're going to do based on your priorities and the values that guide your work. And then you do those things that you say you're going to do. And so I think the, the change in the definition is I used to think that I couldn't check my phone during a workday. I couldn't go on Facebook during a workday. And I think it's more about doing the things you say you're going to do. So for example, Say I had carved out my schedule where between 9 and 10 a.m., I was going to work on Morning Brew's educational product. And then I baked in 10 to 10.30, I'm going to just spend time going on Facebook and doing mindless stuff on Facebook. If that is what I said I was going to do and I go do it, there is nothing wrong with me going on Facebook. And I think that's the big shift in thinking. I think a lot of what you're saying is comes from a position of you having total decision making over your time and what you do on a given day because you are a founder and why I think a lot of what you say is, is an interesting in, in this particular format. Yeah. But can you reflect on that first year when you were at Morgan Stanley and how you didn't have as much discretion about your time or when you could pull out your phone or and how that changes for other founders or just how you reflect on your perception of this given your personal experience? Yeah. I mean, I think it is so specific to the role. So the example I have with Morgan Stanley, I do think it's an edge case because when I worked in sales and trading, basically from 6.30 in the morning to 7 o'clock at night, 
I couldn't do anything else except for stare at five screens and trade. That is why it is so important to know what you're getting yourself into when you commit to the job that you're doing. Because when, when I say productivity is saying you're going to do something, and then when you actually do what you said you were going to do, that is productivity. You can only say what you're going to do within the confines of what you are able to do within your job. So like, for example, if you're spending all day with your client as a consultant doing work in a conference room with them, you're not going to be able to say, hey, uh, you know, I'm going to go take an hour break and take a stroll through Central Park because that doesn't work within the confines of your job. So one big thing that I learned from the book is that we live in an age where every other sentence and every other word is technology. But one of the things that became clear to me in reading uh, Nier's book is that technology has in a lot of ways become a scapegoat for distraction. At the end of the day, distraction is caused from us as people trying to relieve some level of discomfort in our life. And so yes, Slack and a Slack notification is one example of distraction. But kind of what I learned from this and what I truly believe is if all of us didn't have Slack, if magically Slack disappeared and our iPhones disappeared and our computers disappeared, we wouldn't not be distracted. There'd be other external triggers in life like you know, my girlfriend uh, calling me to get my attention, uh, you know, the mailman being outside. Like distraction literally is something that pulls us away and uh, relieves discomfort. And so in the context of the example I was just saying, like I need to write a long email to our senior leadership team. That is going to take a lot of brain power, organized thinking. It's going to take a lot of just like sitting over it and editing. That is, there's a feeling of discomfort there. So what Slack is providing me and the Slack notification is providing me is not actually that I want to necessarily see what the person who wrote me on Slack has to say, or that it is the most important thing ever, but it's taking me away from the uncomfortable feeling of what I was doing in my email. And so that, I think that's a huge distinction of technology is not the cause of distraction. It is one form of distraction. The other is just an interesting concept that was talked about called effort packs. And basically effort packs are the effectively rules that increase the amount of effort required to perform an undesirable action. Basically, you increase effort to be distracted that prevents you from being distracted. Nier talked about when he wanted to add effort packs to his life, when he was writing his book and wanted to not be distracted, he joined a platform called Focusmate. And basically what Focusmate does is it pairs you digitally with someone else who's trying to do focused work in their life. And he used the example of like a, a Czech doctor doing some totally different work from him. And basically you're digitally in like a conference room with this person where you are doing work with them. And so if you get distracted and you don't do work, you are holding each other accountable. And also, you know, you're disappointing the other person if you're not doing focused work. And so basically what that means, is it takes an increased level of effort. You now need to not only just get distracted, you need to get distracted and disappoint someone you're working with in order to get distracted. And so I thought that was really insightful. And now I think about what are effort packs that I can build into my own life. So the question that I got from someone, let me just bring it up. Adam Sokloff, um, a marketing and communications director, asked the question, what's the hardest pitch you've had to make for a new product, partner, or investment? Did it pay off? And what did you take away from the experience? So I promise that this isn't a cop-out, but the hardest decision or experience of pitching something has been 
when Austin, my co-founder, and I had to pitch our initial investors on investing in Morning Brew. We have we've had made it um, a priority of ours to not raise institutional capital and not raise venture funding. But in the beginning, we did have to raise money from family and friends because we hadn't yet made money in a business as a business. And if we wanted to start a business, we needed to hire people and we didn't have money to hire people. But the reason it was such a hard pitch is because if you think about what we had when we were pitching some investors who had grown their own businesses or had been CEOs of billion dollar companies, all we had was we had 30,000 readers. I was full-time, but Austin wasn't. He was still a student at Michigan. We had never made a dollar on our business. And we didn't really know how other than saying advertising, it sounded kind of cool. We didn't know exactly what hires we needed to make other than the fact that we wanted to have a great editorial product. And so we knew we had to hire at least one writer. So basically, these investors needed to be convinced that these first-time founders, one of which isn't full-time on the business, who don't know and haven't monetized their business, don't know exactly what they're building other than the fact they have a newsletter with 30,000 subscribers and they don't know exactly what their team is supposed to look like. I, as the investor, am am supposed to give them my money that I've earned over the course of my career and bet it on them. And so what it came down to is we had to sell the hell out of us as people, sell our drive, sell our vision. And basically for any point where there was a, a logic gap in them saying they don't know what they're doing, they always had to feel confidence that they're going to be able to figure out the answer. These guys have a relentlessness and an intellectual curiosity where they will they'll find the answer. They don't know it now, but I am confident with my money that they will find the answer. And I think that is the hardest pitch we've ever had to give because we had no business taking these people's money. But um, you know, my hope is in retrospect, they're really happy with the decision. Thank you everyone for listening. We'll check out the comments after. Hope you enjoyed and we will catch you soon. Take it easy. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard.